The physical changes are secondary. It's the mental transformation that gets people hooked on health and fitness. Welcome to the Mental Reps Podcast, where you've come to grow your mind in order to transform your body. I'm your host, Deanna. Let's dive right in. Welcome back, and thank you all for joining me for another episode of the Mental Reps Podcast. And if you are listening to this live right as it was released, happy Thursday. For those of you who do not know, I release a new episode on Thursdays every single week, 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And people always ask me, like, why 5 a.m.? Like, well, why not start your Thursday off with me, you know, in your ears, in your eardrums, on your way to work, to the gym, grinding, on your morning routine? Like, play this, open up Spotify, and get going. What a better way to start your Thursday. So for today's episode, we are talking uh, a little bit more informative. Last week was that Q&A episode where I got kind of personal, answered some super fun questions, some health and fitness questions, a mix of both. Today's episode is all about information, and we are going to be diving deep into how to structure a workout, as well as going into my current workout split. And the reason I wanted to do this as today's episode is, one, I actually had a few people ask a few of my clients as well with, how the heck do we write up a workout? Um, Most of them, all of them, are so used to me writing their workouts, right? That's what I'm there for as their online coach. And for many of you out there listening who are on your health and fitness journey, maybe you have a trainer. Maybe you follow someone's workouts on Instagram. Maybe you follow my workouts on Instagram. I post a ton on there. But regardless, I think we all reach a point where we're like, hey, hold on. How do I how do I do this thing myself, right? How do I write my own workout and what exactly does that look like? So that's what we're going to be talking through today, more so in general terms that you can apply to any workout, any phase, any programming and truth be told, practice makes perfect, which we are going to touch on a bit as well. Um But that is the agenda for today, and I want to make sure that you guys have the opportunity to ask any questions as well. I would rather you guys blow up my DMs on Instagram if you have questions about something I said than just trying to figure it out on your own without really understanding that process. So the point of this podcast, every episode, everything I talk about is for all of you. Yes, I enjoy it for myself, but the purpose of the information is to get it out there to anyone who needs it. So if you ever need anything, have any questions at all, my DMs are always, always, always open on Instagram. I love to hear from you guys. Give me your feedback, questions, comments, concerns, and I will get back to you as soon as I can. So let's roll right into it. If we want to talk specifics or even just generally, really, what is the purpose of a workout? And when I say workout just for the duration of this episode, I am primarily referring to strength training, to lifting. Obviously, there are so many other forms of working out and movement and exercise out there. But in regards to this episode specifically, every time I mention a workout, I am talking about lifting. So backpedaling a little bit. What is the purpose of a workout? What is the purpose of strength training, lifting, all of it? Um, in reality, it's kind of, it's it's to take a certain muscle group or multiple muscle groups through varying different stressors or stimuli in order to provoke muscle breakdown and muscle recovery. They both have to happen, right? You can't break the muscles down and then do nothing to recover because then essentially you didn't do anything. You just left yourself, you know, 
injured, so to speak. So when you are programming a workout or you're writing a workout, you have to keep that in mind, right? What is the purpose of this? It's not just to do as many things as you can possibly do. It's not just to burn a bunch of calories. It's not just to spend, you know, an hour and a half in the gym to say that you spent an hour and a half in the gym. There needs to be a purpose and a focus behind every workout, every lift, every movement that you do. So going off of that too, like there's really, there's no bad workout, right? Like there's no quote unquote bad workout structurally. Yeah. There, there are pros and cons and there's better ways to do things than I've seen some individuals do, but all in all, I would so much rather anyone just be in the gym doing something than not doing anything at all. Especially if it's cause I don't even know how to write a workout. I don't even know what to do. Just do something, just do something. Okay, so hopefully this episode too, if you are in that boat, gives you a little bit more information as it pertains to what to write, how to write it, what the order should be, all of that. So you never have to stray away from getting a workout done for the simple fact of not exactly knowing what to do. So like I mentioned, there are certain things to think about and then take into consideration when you are writing up your own workouts, but it does take time. It takes, just like anything, guys, like it takes a lot of time to master this because it is a skill. There is reason behind it. You need to have education behind your choices, your movements, all of it. It takes time. And for me personally, um, coming out of being an athlete, being a gymnast, having, you know, personal trainers and strength coaches and, you know, everything we did was here's your lifting book, your packet, here are your workouts. I never had to think about it at all, nor did I really care to. So when I graduated and that was no longer at my fingertips, I remember I reached out to my, one of my strength coaches who I loved and was like, um, Hey, what's going on? How are you? How the heck do I write a workout up? Right? Like what the heck should my workouts look like? And we both kind of laughed about it because it's so true. Being an athlete or really just anyone in general in life, you're not taught this. Nobody teaches you unless you like took a college class specifically or even high school. Nobody teaches you like this is how to write a workout. So it comes down to research. It comes down to practice. It comes down to education, certifications, and just continuing to try and try again to find what works for you because it is very individual and a good workout, quote unquote, good workout for me might not be a good workout for you. So there is some individuality behind it. Um, but the tactics, the techniques, the strategies are pretty much uniform across the board. Um, and like I said, I struggled with this for quite a while. I used to think that a good workout, like, Ooh, I was a killer one was if I did like literally every exercise that I could think of for that body part. So if I was doing legs, I would literally write up my workout with every single effing leg exercise that I could possibly think of. And you bet your ass, I was exhausted by the end of it. I was so damn tired. I spent two hours in the gym, but that wasn't productive. It wasn't a good use of my time because it was just simply too much. And it took me years and years of learning that to learn that. So again, practice makes perfect trial and error, figuring out what works best for you. Um, Cause some people do, they do work better with high volume. Some people do a lot better with low volume. It depends on so many things, you know, how long you can be in the gym, how frequently you can get there, how consistent you are, what your recovery looks like. So just, For everyone, hello, hi, take a deep breath. There's a lot that goes into this, but I want to give you guys the basics so that you never have to really question what you're doing and you can start here, right? Once you start here, we can start getting even more specific with the nitty 
with the nitty gritty of all of the workouts and how you're going to program things out. Okay, so first thing you want to consider with your workout and you writing up your workout is what your goals are with this new program, right? What is the purpose of the workouts that you're about to do? Because the structure of it will look a whole lot different if you are working on building your muscle size versus working on building your muscle strength versus working on training for a marathon versus just functional movement and agility, speed, power, all of these things will make your workout split, your workout program, all of it very, very different. So step number one is defining what that goal is. So understanding exactly what you're going for. For me right now in in particular, because I am, am in more of a building phase, the goals of each of my workouts are to progress my strength right? To be using a little bit heavier weights each week, but also to progress my muscle size because those two things are different. And I know they sound like the same, but they're not, right? Just because your muscle is bigger in size doesn't always mean you have more strength. You ever see those guys in the gym that are like huge, they're like massive upper bodies and they're like bench pressing, not a lot of weight and like strength is just not there, right? there Because there's differences in programming. So identifying what your goals are will help you determine your rep ranges, your sets, movements, and more. So that's step one, but we're going to come back to this. We're going to come back to this because we won't have to decide rep ranges and movements and things like that. We won't have to decide the sets until later on, right? We want to pick the movements first. So when writing a workout, um, it's more than likely that you are probably focusing on a particular part of your body or muscle group in specific. Every now and then, yes, myself included, you can do a sort of full body workout or hit up multiple different muscle groups, and that's a-okay, right? But we're going to dumb things down for simplicity purposes because for a number of reasons. One, there's a lot of information here. Two, I would have to talk for about three hours to get through all of it. Nobody wants to hear that. And three, I'm a very visual person. I don't know if anybody else is, but you guys are listening to this obviously in audio. So I don't want to throw a bunch of information at you when it's much simpler to sit, write things down and think through it. So I'm giving you the basics so that you can go and do that. And then we can dive deeper into this topic in future episodes. Okay. So like I mentioned, going back to that, you are more than likely working with or working on a particular muscle group or part of your body, right? You're heading to the gym on a Tuesday. You're planning on hitting legs. You're getting there on a Wednesday. You're hitting arms. You're hitting upper body. You're hitting, you know, whatever it is. So once you figure that out, you can either stick with that or you can get a little bit more specific in regards to what the muscle group is. And that's going to depend on how many times you can get to the gym. So for example, If you are getting to the gym five times a week, there's a good chance that you will probably be doing a leg workout more than one time per week, right? If you're there five times, you might want to do legs twice. If that is the case, you have a choice. You can break your leg days up into more specifically what you're going to be working on. For example, leg day number one can be more quads, calves focused, where leg day number two can be more glutes and hamstrings focused. You see what I mean? You're hitting legs both days. And truthfully, you don't have to identify and define which muscle group you're targeting more specifically. Again, that can get a little bit more advanced because your movement selection will then have to be more catered toward a specific muscle group rather than just anything lower body. But if you're at that level, then yeah, go for it. Me personally, I do have two leg days in my rotation right now. My first leg day is more quads and glutes based. And my second leg day is more glutes and hamstring based. We will get into this in a second, but again, defining which body part you are working and starting there. 
Okay, cool. We defined that we are, I don't know, we're doing upper body. Cool. That's going to be our workout for today. To start your workout, you always, always, always want to begin with a dynamic warm-up. Okay, and I know you guys are like not excited for the warm-up. Who is? Nobody, but it's necessary, especially for injury prevention, especially for allowing your muscles to be ready to take on the workout you're about to do. You have to warm them up. It's, it's ridiculous for people to go to the gym and like head right to the squat rack. Like you're going to hurt yourself and there's no way you're going to be able to push the amount of weight you probably could if you just spent a little damn time warming up. So do it. Okay, so a dynamic warm-up specifically is a series of exercises that focuses on, you know, quick movements and takes your muscles through their full range of motion. Think of things like uh, squat jumps or leg swings or arm swings or even burpees are are an example of kind of a a dynamic warm-up movement. Essentially, you're moving your body in quick ways. You're not like sitting there and holding a hamstring stretch. You're not sitting there and holding a quad stretch. You're moving quickly. So five to 10 minutes is sufficient. Obviously, you're warming up the muscles that you're going to be using. If you're heading into a leg day, you're dynamically warming up your legs. Upper body day, upper body. Make sense? Cool. Okay. After your dynamic warm-up, you are doing compound movements first. Compound movements first. So you're sitting down. You got your pen and paper with you. You're writing out your workout right now. The first thing you want to hit is your compound movement. This is essentially the meat and potatoes of a workout, whether it's upper body, lower body, full body, whatever, your compound movements are the starting point. Okay. And these exercises, the reason they're called compound movements is because they require the usage and activation of of many different muscle groups, right? So these are things like deadlifts, squats, front squats, hip thrust, uh, bench press, shoulder press, rows, like exercises that aren't just stationary. So think about the difference in all of the muscles that you're using in a deadlift as compared to the muscles you're using in a bicep curl. Bicep curl is very, very isolated versus a deadlift obviously requires your legs, your back, your arms, everything is kind of working and moving. So you want to start your workout out with those types of movements. And they're most beneficial to start with too, because you are the least amount fatigued, right? You just got going. And these are the exercises that you really do want to focus and prioritize progressive overload and increasing your weight. You very rarely would do, you know, deadlifts at the end of your workout when your legs are super tired, you are super tired, your back is hurting a little bit. You're not going to then go set up your deadlift platform and be like, today's the day I'm going to hit a PR. It's not going to happen. So starting with these movements first, aiming to increase the weight, regardless of what your goals are, aiming to increase the weight, you have a lot better chance of building muscle, building strength, burning body fat, like getting the most out of your workout with starting here, okay? So you should really do no more than two to three compound movements per workout, even maybe one to two um, for beginners, or even if you are super efficient with your workout, you might not need more than two, right? Squats, deadlifts, boom, done right? Upper body days, you may be able to throw in a few more because your upper body typically doesn't fatigue as quickly. Um, but like I said, for a leg day, like this might look like squats and I don't know, barbell reverse lunges, like two compound movements that require a lot more muscle engagement, starting with those and sticking with it before you move on. Okay. So all compounds done first. After that, compounds are done. We did our squats. We did our deadlifts. Woof, done, tired. We are moving on. Obviously, the workout is not done there. Next up is something called your accessory movements. So these are movements that are definitely a lot more isolated and targeted to a specific 
muscle being used. Like I mentioned, bicep curls. It literally says it in the name. It is using your biceps and your biceps only. Okay. So this, like oftentimes these focus, um, these types of exercises, it's more machine based or cable based, or you're sitting like it's a lot more mind to muscle connection. Yes. Because you are just isolating a single muscle going back to those bicep curls. All you're thinking about is like squeezing your bicep. You can do seated bicep curls. You can go to the cable and do cable curls. Like these come after something like a more compound movement for upper body days. Okay, for these, I know compound, we said, you know, two to three, one to two, kind of range there. Accessory movements, you want kind of in that three to four accessory movements range. So for an example, for leg day, this could include leg extensions, calf raises, and hamstring curls, right? Each of those are an isolated accessory movement. Leg extensions, just your quads. Hamstring curls, just the hammies. Calf raises, just the calves. So these would come after you perform your squats and your deadlifts. Okay. So this is where I used to fuck up my workout so bad is I would do every freaking accessory movement I could ever think of. Like, sure. I would squat. Sure. I would hip thrust. And then I would do, you know, lunges, leg extensions, hamstring curls, calf raises, Bulgarian split squats, get to the leg press. Holy crap. Holy crap. So like the start of my workout, the meat and the potatoes was always where it needed to be, but I way overdid it with those accessory movements. And truth be told, guys, if you're pushing enough weight and you're doing what you need to for those compound movements, you shouldn't have enough fuel in the tank to also do 15 accessory movements, right? Your body, upper body, lower body, whatever it is, should be literally dead by that point. There is no need to do more than three to four. So again, very individual. If you are doing a lighter day and you're able to do more than four, that's not wrong. But if you're pushing it and you are aiming to increase that weight each set, you really shouldn't be doing more than that. Okay, so we've got our list of compound movements and we've got our list of accessory movements. And personally speaking, when I write out my workouts, one, I always use like the notes section of my phone. I will write out all of my exercises first. Write out all my exercises first, then go back in fill in rep ranges, sets, supersets, pairing this with this. So kind of get your your blueprint laid out first and then be able to go from there. Okay, so once you do have that list, that blueprint, that's when you start to piece it together with sets and reps and start to make it look like an actual workout and not just a laundry list of leg day exercises, okay? So this is when you go back to my original point with what your goals are for this program, for this workout. Because two individuals could do the exact same workout with different sets and rep ranges and get completely different things out of it. It totally depends on what you are looking for. Okay, so here's like a little reference. I don't know if you guys want to write this down or even just star this part of the episode so you can refer back to it. But there are different rep ranges used for different goals. So if your goal is strength endurance, which most of us fall in this range, especially if you are a beginner, this is probably where you want to start. You are going to be aiming for anywhere between two to four sets of eight to 12 reps for your exercises. Okay. So that might look like three sets of 10 for squats, maybe four sets of 12 for leg extensions, right? You're falling anywhere between that two to four sets and eight to 12 reps for all your exercises. If your goal is max strength, right? You're looking for those PRs. You're looking for your numbers to go up. Maybe you're preparing to complete or compete in a, I don't know, a powerlifting competition. Like you need your numbers up. 
If this is you, your sets look somewhere between three to five sets for one to five reps. Notice already right off the bat, those reps from the first section literally get cut in half when you're focusing on max strength as your goal. Why? Because you should not be able to push your max weight for a squat for eight to 12 reps because then that's not your max weight. So max strength, one to five reps. This is where we are focusing on pushing that weight and then resting after every single set in order for your body to regenerate and be ready to go again. If your goal is hypertrophy and hypertrophy basically just means growing in size, right? So if you want to take your legs, your quads from looking like chicken legs to having some meaty quads on your body, yes, you're going to be focusing on strength endurance. Yes, you're probably going to focus on max strength. Yes, you're going to be upping the weights, but hypertrophy growing in size should also be one of your top priorities. So this looks like anywhere from three to six sets for six to 20 reps huge range there. It's going to totally depend on you, what the exercise is, all of that. You're probably going to lean more towards the lower side of things for your compound movements, right? Maybe sets of 10 for your deadlifts or sets of eight for your deadlifts versus sets of 20 for leg extensions at the end of your workout, right? It can range in that range, but hypertrophy in general is typically very high volume. It's focusing a lot on getting blood flow to that muscle group, a lot on just fatigue and you're burning and you're dying. And this is truthfully where I like to train. I like that sense of like, holy moly, my heart's going to explode. My legs are going to give out. I've got six more reps. Let's get it. Like, I love that. And when I first, first, first started programming for myself, like actually got serious about it and stopped writing down 95 exercises per workout, I focused a ton on hypertrophy. I was very, very small coming out of being a gymnast and just super little, didn't weigh a lot, didn't have a ton of muscle. Yeah, I had a good foundation, but nothing crazy. I wanted to look like I had some freaking muscle on my body. I did. I wanted to grow. And that wasn't going to come just from me, you know, hitting sets of two to three for squats and like maxing out. I needed to grow in some size. So a lot of my rep ranges were in that six to 20 range, um, just based on what my goals were. And then last but not least, which is kind of more um, for any of my athletes out there or anyone who just enjoys training like this, there is the um, power kind of block here as well, which is focusing a strength exercise for one to five reps, followed immediately by a similar exercise for speed or power for eight to 12 reps. So again, this is for people looking to improve like their quickness, their agility, their reaction time, like again, more athlete based, you would do something like barbell squats for maybe three reps, super, super heavy, immediately re-rack that bar and go right into, you know, body weight squat jumps for 12 reps, right? Like a strength exercise followed by a very, very similar, more dynamic body weight exercise. So that's a little bit more individual. Not a lot of people, at least that I work with, are in that block. Um, But again, can totally be your goal. Maybe you're training for like a Spartan race or something cool and athletic. Awesome. That can be kind of where you focus your rep ranges. The same exact workout can apply for any of these goals. Obviously, it'll be tweaked a little bit, but your rep ranges and sets will change. So base those numbers based on the things I just gave you of where you want to be. If I said hypertrophy and you're like, oh yeah, I do want to grow in size, make your rep ranges a little higher volume. You know what I mean? If you're like, nah, I'm looking to hit that PR. I want to deadlift 300 pounds. You should not be deadlifting, you know, for sets of 12 because you're not going to be able to hit that PR. So talk through that with yourself, be able to determine where you need to be and apply those numbers to that workout.
Okay, so exercises are done. Rep ranges and sets are done. Now let's talk supersets where you are essentially pairing some things together. So there are a few rules of thumb with supersets or tri-sets, anything where you're pushing things together. They are useful, but do not overuse them. Okay, step number one, compound movement exercises should rarely, if ever, be supersetted with anything. You should never go from a deadlift straight into leg extensions. You should never be really doing barbell squats with, you know, dumbbell reverse lunges. Like your compound movements, the reason that those should be isolated is because, like I mentioned, the goal of those is to be pushing the weight. The goal of those is to feel ready, recovered before jumping into that next set. And you're recruiting so many of your muscle groups for those exercises that you really should not be supersetting them. Okay, and before, let me just backpedal for a second. A superset, for anyone who doesn't know, I probably should have started with that, is doing two exercises back-to-back. Um, so something like leg extensions straight into bodyweight squats or something like Bulgarian split squats straight into dumbbell RDLs, like back-to-back with no rest between them. So accessory movements, yes, can and should be supersetted for strength and, and endurance purposes. Like you really do feel the burn with supersetting certain things, but they should be targeting slightly different muscle groups. Like it wouldn't make sense to superset something like a shoulder exercise straight into another shoulder exercise. Why? Because, hey, your shoulders are burning from this, and then you're going to jump right into another exercise targeting the same exact muscle group in the same exact way. What's the point of even doing that second exercise? Like you just did that essentially. So if you are working more than one muscle group in an ex- in, in a workout, like you're doing a shoulder tricep day, then your superset should be an exercise of shoulders and an exercise of triceps pushed right together, mashed together. That is a good superset. So that could look something like a seated shoulder press straight into tricep dips back to back, right? Do working two different things. If you are a little bit of a psychopath like me with your workouts, you can do compound sets. Now compound sets are when you do use the same muscle group back to back with no rest in between. This works a ton on endurance. This gets a ton of blood flow to the muscle. This would be something like supersetting back-to-back shoulder exercises. You would change them a little bit, but you know, for, for the definition of it, that's exactly kind of what it would look like. And that is something where you are focusing probably on a little bit lighter weight, more so for blood flow, more so to feel that burn, less so to like hit a PR. You aren't really hitting PRs in accessory or superset movements because that's not the purpose of it. It's not necessarily to always be crushing heavy weight. It's more so focusing on form, focusing on endurance, focusing on a very, very limited rest time, which if that is the case, you probably are not hitting a PR with that exercise. But like I mentioned, you want to kind of pair your accessory movements together in supersets. So what does that look like? That would be like I mentioned doing like a shoulder tricep back to back or like a chest shoulder back to back or a glute and quad movement back to back like supersetting you are not resting between it. So you would do one exercise straight into the next and then rest. Again, it gets a little bit of that endurance in there because your heart rate should be up with these exercises. And supersets are also great if you are ever in a time crunch or looking to not spend super long in the gym, right? If you're going back to back, you're obviously cutting down the amount of time it takes to complete your three sets, four sets, whatever it is. 
Okay, so that's kind of the way you should use them. And again, it's super individual. Me personally, love a good superset. I really do. Love a good compound set. I really do. Like I will pair most of my accessory movements together because that's how I work best. That's what I like. And I write my own workouts, so I write what I like. For some people, that's not the case. Some people will do like one superset per workout. I probably do closer to two or three, sometimes even four. Depends on what the workout is. But again, practice makes perfect in finding what works best for you. I guarantee the first time you write up a workout and you write all your compound movements and your accessories and your superset things, and you're going to go to do that workout and you're probably going to wind up one of two options. One being like, wait, what the fuck? That was so easy. I need to add way more. Okay, great. Learning experience. Or B, option two, you're going to get halfway through and be like, what in the fuck was I thinking? I can't do this. This is insane. I have 15 more exercises written down. You'll figure this out. Okay. And again, that's why practice makes perfect with this. But next step, exercises are done. Sets and reps and done. You have the bulk of your workout written down. Next question or option you have is to do cardio or to not do cardio. And this is going to depend entirely on your goals. So if muscle building in general is your goal, um, cardio is not the enemy. It's just best to do it at a lower or moderate intensity post-workout. So after that entire lift is done, hopping on the treadmill, doing an incline walk for 20 to 30 minutes, something along those lines. Um, So that is your option. Cardio does not need to be done after every single lift. Um, It can be done two to three times a week, one to two times a week. That's going to go more so based on your goals, which... We do not want to get all the way into for this episode, but that can be the next step. And then once you are done with cardio, we are cooling down. We're not skipping our stretch. Okay. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls stretch after their workouts. We are doing some static stretching afterwards for again, five to 10 minutes, nothing crazy. And that static stretching is more what you guys think of when you think of stretching. You're holding the movements, you're holding each stretch, you know, 30 to, to 45 seconds. You're really sinking deep into each one, working on the muscle groups that you just worked in your workout. All right. So I wanted to also give you guys an example of a chest, a chest tricep workout uh, for hypertrophy. Like I talked about, that was a big goal of mine once I first started. So I wanted to give you guys like an actual example of what that could be. So you would start with your, for example, um, barbell bench press, right? You're, You're benching and this is your compound movement. We are doing hypertrophy, so a little bit higher sets, a little bit higher reps. Maybe we'll do four to 12 for that, four sets of 12 for that. Next, you would do incline dumbbell press. We can do three sets of 15 for that one. That's also a compound movement. So those are by themselves. You're going to bench press for your four sets of 12. You're going to incline dumbbell press for three sets of 15. Then we move on to our accessory movements. You can do something like, um, you know, tricep extensions on the cables for three sets of 12. Again, the numbers, the reps are higher for hypertrophy. Superset that with push-ups, three sets to failure. So you cannot push yourself back up off the floor. Again, going for higher volume. Those two exercises are great to superset together because you're working your triceps and then you're working your chest with those push-ups. Moving on down, you can then do maybe the pec deck machine for three sets of 20. Again, hypertrophy, high volume, get that blood flowing through your chest. Your chest is already going to be kind of pumped from the previous exercises. So doing something like this with a little bit lower weight and higher volume will really just push it to the next level. You could then superset that with just dips, tricep dips for three sets of 15. Again, back to back, you would go straight from the pec deck to the dips. Then we breathe, we rest, we reset, and then we go back in. 
Um, and then you could finish out if you wanted to another superset for this workout. You could do maybe skull crushers for three sets of 12, which is an accessory movement, supersetting that with some inclined chest flies for another three sets of 12. So for this one specifically, we have two compound movements and then we have three accessory supersets totaling one, two, three, four, five, six accessory movements and two compound movements. This would be a perfect chest and tricep day. Again, trying this out, maybe by the end of it, you're like, holy moly, I can't even get through that last superset. That's fine. We pull it out and we adjust your programming based on that. Then we would go and do maybe cardio if you needed to, static stretching, and then finito. So hopefully that helped you guys kind of figure out how exactly to structure your workout. Again, like I mentioned so many times, it is very individual, but there are some key things to think about and pay attention to when you are writing out your own workouts, especially if you were just starting off. So practice makes perfect. Don't expect to write out like the most perfectly time-oriented, efficient, excellent workout right off the bat. If you're anything like me, it's going to take a little while and that is a-okay. So use those as pointers to kind of use when you are drafting up your next workout for your next day. Um, but I wanted to talk you guys through my workout split as well, uh, just because this is obviously the next step. Once you have your individual workouts written out, you know what you're doing on, you know, Monday, next question is going to be, okay, what am I doing Tuesday? Okay, what am I doing Wednesday? And that all has to be kind of strategic in order to get the most out of your goal for the program right? Again, going back to what your goal is. If your goal is hypertrophy, your training split, what you're doing on what days needs to make sense for that goal. So obviously it narrows down to individual workouts, but also the week as a whole, the month as a whole, we can get into this forever and ever. A workout split, we're going to go on a week basis is basically what you're doing, you know, Monday through Sunday and, and what that looks like. So what you want to do here is decide and identify again, the goals of your program. If your goal right now is to build up your legs, you are probably not going to be hitting upper body every day, Monday through Friday, right? This makes sense. So you want to pick a split based on the number of days you can get to the gym reasonably, like how many days are we going to go consistently? And then obviously deciding what your goals are and, and splitting those days based on that. So me currently, my workout split looks like this. Mondays are back and shoulders. Tuesdays are quads and glutes. Wednesdays are more of like an active rest, full body, sweaty, hit cardio kind of day. Thursdays are chest, shoulders, and triceps. Fridays are back and buys, Saturdays, glutes and hamstrings, and then Sundays are completely off, completely off. I do nothing on Sundays except for get ready for the week. So that is my current split. And the reason I have it like that is because um, for me, I always want to be growing my legs. That's always been a goal of mine. So I have two leg days in here, which I found works best for me. Some people do three and that's great. Um, I'm usually very, very sore after my leg days. And if I try to get a third day in there, I don't think I would be able to do it. So that's a no go for me. So I have two leg days. I also have two back days. Um, reason being is I have very rounded shoulders and I feel like my posture is terrible. So I want to be working my back so that I can stand up a little bit taller and have the movements necessary and the muscle necessary to have a, you know better posture, to be able to have better form. Working your back is never a bad thing. So I have two back days in there and then obviously that one chest, shoulders, and triceps day. This is what works best for me. I will keep my workout split consistent for probably three to four weeks, sometimes long, as long as a few months. Um, I've been doing Tuesday leg days for as long as I can remember. That has just always been what I like and I've kept it there. 
obviously the workouts have changed, but the split has remained the same. So you don't want to be changing your workouts every week. You don't want to be changing your workout split every week. You want to stay consistent as you can with it for, I would say, a month, a month minimum. So after you draft up all these workouts, you figure out what you're doing Monday through Sunday. Do that for three to four to five to six, even as long as eight to 12 weeks. And that's where you'll start to see the progression. And yes, it will be boring. Yes, it gets a little bit frustrating. Yes, you want to change things up and you absolutely can. But if you are changing things, I would recommend changing your accessory movements or maybe your rep ranges, but keep your compound movements the same and where they need to be because that's where, again, the meat and potatoes of the workout is. So that's my split. That's what I like. If I could hit legs every day, I would. Obviously, that is not the case, but that's what I like to do. Find what you like for these workouts. If you absolutely hate 95% of what you've programmed for yourself, you're not going to want to get to the gym to do that workout. Yes, you're going to have to do Bulgarian split squats. I'm sorry. We all hate them, but we love them. So put them in that workout. Get it done. You're going to have to give yourself a few exercises you don't love, but you know how important they are. Find what works for you and practice, practice, practice. That is the name of the game with anything health and fitness is trial and error, guys. So hopefully this was helpful. Hopefully this gave you some ideas and some insights into how to properly structure a workout for you and identifying your goals in order to match that with your programming. So as I mentioned earlier, if you have any questions at all, you know, I'm always here. I would love to hear your insights, your feedback, any questions, hit me up on Instagram, DM me, send me a message, whatever it may be. And I will talk to you guys next week.